This is the Nexus Special, episode 31, Google I.O. 2014, on Wednesday, June 25th, 2014. This special is hosted by Ryan Rampersad and Matthew Petcher. Hey, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. Uh, Final Fantasy X? Uh, you know... That, oh, wrong show? That is the wrong show. That's for the gaming show. This this is actually the special for Google I.O. 2014. Oh, did that happen? That it did happen, and there was a huge keynote earlier today. Uh, did, did you miss that? Or were you watching uh, my Twitter? You see, I was so busy getting this 4.4.4 update, and then realizing, like, you know, everything was in the keynote, and me just trying to figure out new things on the Android update... There isn't. There's the, nothing new. There is nothing on that Android update. Like, But I sat there for hours on my phone, exactly two hours and 30 minutes, which is exactly the amount of time I could have I watched the entire keynote. It, it exactly true. That is true. Yeah, so I, I misused it all the time in my day. Yeah, you, you did misuse your time. Well, you know, I spent a good two hours and 30 minutes sitting here in the studio, watching the keynote and watching the live feed from The Verge. The Verge was about two minutes faster for some reason. You know, that's. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I guess that's okay. It takes a long time to transcode video. Well, WebM, you know. Yeah. So, the, uh, so uh, I, I I showed you a preview video of the keynote. What What are your overall impressions? So, you know, when somebody comes up with like you know a smartwatch and everyone buys it and everyone throws it away because it's crap. And like same with ebook stuff. Like I don't know why they're throwing so much into that stupid watch. Mm-hmm. Android Auto, I really think that's going to be cool. Okay, like, so uh, my initial thoughts on both of those topics are the watch makes no sense, and it seems like the auto thing could be great, but it'll take literally 10 years to get enough cars to make it matter. Well, see, in 10 years, I'll be looking for one, because you know trucks last about 20. Well, but that's great and all, but we're, really will Android Auto from 10 years ago, 10 years in the future, really be the answer? I don't think no, so. No. I think there'll be something better. Yeah. Android Auto. Anyway, let's well, talk uh, about some of those things in order. We'll get back to the Android oh, Auto. Crap. You know, it's one of those things. So, first of all, you can see the entire Google I.O. 2014 keynote in its two hours and 30 minutes goodness directly on the YouTube. Man, that's pretty good. Uh, well, I thought they couldn't post videos more than 15 minutes long or 10 minutes. <laughs> this is YouTube from Google. They uh, can break their own API. Now, do you think it would actually load? You know, actually, I did load it and it did load. Yeah. So uh, it was not even on the Chromecast. It loaded on this computer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's pretty good. Now, you can also watch various Google I.O. keynotes that are after the you know initial ones, so like the actual development talks. Earlier today, I listened to the Google uh, Android Fireside Chat, so it was a bunch of Android developers talking about you know various things. I also listened to the Polymer keynote. That was pretty interesting. It's their new web API thing. So, if you want to see those, there's still another whole day of those. So, you'll be hearing this tomorrow, obviously. So, on what, Thursday. Why are we doing the show tomorrow? Well, because then they'd be hearing it on Thursday and it'd be over by the time they got around to listening to it. So, it's, it's okay. And even if you do listen to this late, you can watch all of the videos on YouTube anyway. Do you know what's most unfortunate, though? This what? year, there is no Dart stream. Dart! <laughs> yes. You got nerfed. I did. And there is also no Go stream. Mm. I was very sad to not see the my two favorite topics being covered on on camera. That's, that's you know, I have to be there apparently. Yeah, yeah. So why don't we uh, talk about some of the uh, things? Oh, in... you're getting too far. Oh, where, where oh, did oh, I go? Well, see, what you're supposed to be saying is if you're trying to find. A, so you said that you can find the keynote, but where can we find the keynote? How can we get a link to it? If you wanted to use my links to 
their keynote, you should go to the nexus.tv slash NS31. Is that, is that actually true? Yes. <laughs> I'm glad we verified this. <laughs> yes. And if you would be so kind, please do not use the password tennis because my password is not tennis. Yes. I, I see you're being brute forced over there. Yeah. I'm still being brute forced. So why don't we uh, talk about some of those Google I.O. topics? Oh, well, so I have a list here. This is pretty much in order. I had to re-scroll through my live Twitter feed to find out what it was about. Yeah, but uh, I just just gonna tell you right now, we got to do this quick. Yeah. Like, so uh, over one billion Android users in a thirty-day period. So that's calculated by okay. active I was users. Trying to figure out, like, do they get that every thirty days? One billion people? No, or, no, no. So. That, that sounds pretty good, but what I wrote during the keynote was, let's pick the stat that shows 1 billion in it. So, yeah. like, that's, it's a fake number, it means nothing, but, uh, you know, I guess that means there's at least a billion devices somewhere. 1 billion people hate T-Mobile. I could pick statistics no, with a billion. No, there's a lot of people who do like T-Mobile prepaid, but hate postpaid. Oh, you mean post-screwed? No, but it's still happening, so until you switch, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. Good good try though. So 62% of tablets shipped are Android tablets. Do you believe that? Uh, I do. I I I could believe that last year, but I don't know anyone who bought the new Nexus 7. No one did. I know. But so there's wh- so many other Android. Wh- tablets. What? There's the uh Samsung one we were just looking at. Okay, that's fair. Well, what was it? No, uh, that that was a Note tab. It looked beautiful. I know. That's, that's I hate beautiful. that home button though. Oh, just because it's, you know... Physical. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I feel like they should have, at that stat, they should have said, and this year we're upping it to 100% because they would release a new tablet. But they did not. Instead, they talked about what is called Android One. Mm. What, what is Android One? Android One is the one thing I didn't hear. About. So, it is a new initiative. Uh, imagine a low-end Nexus line. So, it's uh, working with hardware partners directly, with Google controlling the entire software stack, uh, play apps and play in Google updates will all be pushed automatically. Users get no choice, but the hardware will be known to work with it. And so this is coming to India um, pretty soon, sometime by the end of summer, from three different vent, uh, manufacturers. And the phones will be costing, you know, about $100 USD. So it's kind of like the um, Nokia X phones that Microsoft made. They're running on Android. They're, they're lower end, but they're still good. Uh, also, think about it like in terms of like a Moto E. Yeah. So it's good enough to run. It will run um, so that people can have the Android experience even if they don't have flagships. That, that's that's any that, experience that, is a good experience. That, well, as long as it's better than what you get on Virgin Mobile from the cheap phones they have there. And it's better that it's got to be better than the new Firefox phones that they have. You know, twenty five dollars USD. Right. Yes. So that I guess that is a good barter set. It's also interesting that they're calling it Android One. And you know, everyone likes the word one now. So it's, it's funny. very modern. That's exactly what I thought. It's just this this one thing. I don't I don't know what's going on. So let's talk about the actual Android release that didn't happen. We got a preview. Well, no, actually, we don't get the preview. Tomorrow we'll get the preview. They they're they're shipping the preview images tomorrow for the Nexus five and the Nexus seven. So there's something called material design. What is material design? So uh, as you might have heard on previous shows. We've talked about something called quantum paper. It's kind of the evolution of their card-based UI. And, you know, it has the same idea, but instead they're focusing on a consistent design for mobile, desktop, and and whatever else they have, such as the TV and the watch. Um, Matthias went on to say, well, pixels have head color. They have depth. 
but what if they actually had real depth? Like, what if we had actual layers and they actually can move around independent of each other? So that's uh, the idea he had for this. So they have built new APIs, a new theme, a new style to have real-time responsive lighting and shadow effects based on multiple layers and multiple lo- levels of ap- uh, elevation for uh, discrete application components. Hmm, cool. Does that sound like a long sentence to you? Super long. So what that means is if you've ever used the new Google Play app, I mean the new Google Plus app, you'll see that little floating red, you know, write a new post button. That's an elevated UI element. Uh, if you've ever seen the, uh, the, the header that scrolls out when you scroll down and scrolls back up if you scroll up, that's the, um, new, uh, you know, elevated UI. Hmm. Um, apparently they support arbitrary levels of elevation, so you can have many stacks of UI and the system controls how they respond to other things. So that's kind of cool. Cool, cool. So uh, new APIs to extract overarching and contrasting colors from an image. So if you want to have a, a color scheme that fits according to any set of images, you can have an API computed all for you dynamically. That's really cool, I think. I do too. Um, yeah. New fluid animations for interactions also between screens, views, and uh, activities. So, you know, it's kind of like the app switching thing. You know how it slides in from one side and comes out the other. So like that, but fancier. How fancy? Well, apparently, and this was asked in the Fireside chat, somebody was wondering, well, so what does this mean for low-end devices? Well, apparently, this was built initially on low-end devices. So even low-end devices, such as the ones like the Android Ones, Mm. those devices, those can even do it. So it's fancy enough to look great at 60 frames per second, but to run well on cheap devices. Okay, cool. That's what they say anyway. So you can read the entire material design um, manifesto kind of thing in this nice PDF I found, or you can actually go to this introduction page. I don't really know much about it. I haven't got a chance to read much on it. The uh, talk I will watch is tomorrow, so we'll see about that. They are also showing off some updated L apps, hmm. and so they have a new dialer. They showed off the new Gmail. It does not look anything like that disgusting Gmail that we saw leaked a few months ago, so be thankful hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. New notifications. You you saw the video. You 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 had a comment on the notifications. Well, the the, the man demoed all the features of it. Like you can swipe to dismiss, and you could tap to open or double tap to open faster. He didn't actually say that, but that's what everyone does. You tap on the screen till something happens. Yeah. But no, nothing has changed with that except for it's white instead of black. Yes. So uh, they're bringing the card UI to notifications on the lock screen. Notifications will be shown, but they actually did do some thing there so important notifications are prioritized and it's some arbitrary algorithm to figure out what those things are so presumably calls text messages hangouts will be prioritized over twitter for example or Mm. it has some kind of learning algorithm so that if you check twitter all the time but you never read your text messages that'll be prioritized instead something like that Mm. um things so like if you get eight twitter messages instead it'll bundle those all together under one card so it doesn't take up, up as much space and um, they might have done some new um, things with the notifications themselves, but that's pretty much it um, as far as what they showed in the keynote. Uh, we'll see if they have more in the talks later. Uh, they also showed uh, a new kind of lock screen mechanism. So have you ever heard of the um, pattern unlock? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's something they've had before. Yeah, it's the longest existing nice feature for the unlock screen. Otherwise, you have to use a pin or an actual password. Yeah. And pattern unlock is kind of the best of both worlds. Well, 
what if you didn't have to always use the pattern unlock? What if you were in a trusted environment? You were at home, you were at work, where it probably doesn't matter if your phone is protected with the password. Uh-oh. You see, I gotta have it protected here because you, you always are sabotaging things with updates. You, you mean and other updating things. properly? Yes. Yeah. Well, it doesn't um, doesn't matter either way. Well, so they have a new thing called the trusted environment, and they didn't really explain how this worked, but they demoed the idea. If you had a smartwatch, it would automatically unlock the phone if it was in proximity. So, you know, within a foot of each other. So then the guy took his smartwatch and threw it away, and it was no longer automatically unlocking the phone. He had to use pattern unlock. Oh, cool. So that's pretty nice. Now, the question I have is that, does that work for any Bluetooth device, or is it only for known Googly, you know, devices? I imagine it And that's, that's the worst part, because I want my desktop to unlock my phone automatically. I could get a little Bluetooth dongle. Any, anytime my phone senses the desktop, it should just be unlocked. That'd yeah. be great. If it doesn't do that, it won't be great. Trust in environments. Mm. Yeah. Um, the, another new thing is that Chrome and other apps, it's a new API, will be able to inject open tabs and activities into the app switcher directly. So imagine you had five t- tabs open in Chrome. Well, those five tabs will now be able to be shown in the app switcher. What are your thoughts on this? I'm not a big fan. No. It, no, it seems just... like it adds a lot of cl- clutter. The app switcher itself has actually been changed, too. It's looking like um, cards. You see that team there, cards? You know, I don't like it. Uh, it's okay. You can uh, look at some pictures if you want. I have a link here. Uh, there's also some deeper app indexing. So if you do make a search on your phone, it'll search the web, of course, but also it'll search the content that you have in apps. Because it's something that's never happened before. Right. So they I mean, showed off the APIs last year, but they were for exclusive use. Like it was uh, limited to, you know, known developers. Now they're opening it up to everyone, I guess. So we also have some lower-level architectural changes, such as Art. Do you remember Art? No, Android I Runtime? Don't, I don't. So we really haven't talked much about it, because it only was a secret thing in Android 4.4. Um, on the Nexus 5, when I got it, it shipped with Dalvik, and then actually, a few months later, I uh, switched to Art mode to see if it improved battery life. It didn't, so oh well. But here's what Art is. It's the new Runtime engine. Instead of compiling... Every time you run the app, like Java does, you know, just in time, mm-hmm. or it pre-compiles it upon installation. So installation takes a lot longer in terms of, you know, what, 40 seconds? But instead, everything can load much faster in real time. So it's a small sacrifice. Compile mm-hmm. once, run fast every time, right? Yeah, makes sense. So it supports 64-bit. So Android is now officially 64-bit. I guess that's good. Uh, that means the 808 and the uh, 810 will be really fast. Oh, we can only hope. I know, right? Uh, it is two times faster than Delvic in general, so that's really good. Uh, of course, what you experience on the 4.4 KitKat if you do switch into Art, it won't be that because that's an older version of Art. That's the beta version. And they have a new moving collector. It's moving. a it's a new type of garbage collector for background apps. So the app that you have on the foreground, it uses whatever memory it needs, but then if you switch to another app, that previous app goes into the background and its assets are moved around in the memory space to be more efficient. So one of the things they talked about is how if you have a picture, an image, that memory chunk is moved into a section of memory where big things are known to be so that it can use much less memory in in terms of where it's spread so it doesn't have internal fragmentation and stuff. Yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Project Volta. 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 Now, how many projects are they going to announce? Well, so this project is about battery. They introduced a thing called Battery Historian. It shows exactly where and when battery uses were taking place. So, for example, if your LTE radio went on 20 times in four minutes, 
This would show you nice little graphs about when that happened and which apps were probably causing it. That sounds really great, and it is. So they use this to tune most of the core apps and the operating system itself to uh, use radios less, to use wake locks less, to use the screen less if possible. So that's really good. They say that on a Nexus 5, on average, they can get another 90 minutes of on time. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Yes, using Project Volta. So that's pretty good. Uh, I hope that Battery Historian itself is something that users will be able to access, because I would love to have this nice graph. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be cool. There's also a new API that can sense battery conditions and schedule tasks to be done when battery conditions improve. So if you're at 30% battery life and your phone thinks, hey, you know, it's a good time to download all your RSS feeds. Is it really? It's like, not. unless you want them, you don't need them. So why, why, why have that scheduled in the background? Instead, when your battery conditions improve, whether that means you've charged your phone or you're actively charging your phone, it will do, do the job then. So that's really nice. That's cool. Uh, it also has a new battery saver mode. So it's optional. You can turn it on whenever you want, or it'll kick in by default, unless you turn it off, obviously, at 15%, I think. And it can turn off things like location tracking, data use, Wi-Fi automatically for you. Hmm. Yeah. So that, that's pretty good. Uh, my mom's phone, the LG Volt, has this feature in it, but it's from LG, and it, I don't know if it works, but it sounds like a good idea. Cool. So, uh, the Nexus 7 2013 and Nexus 5 are getting these for testing. I need a Nexus 7. Is it ever going to come for the Nexus 4? Yes, but the, this is a preview image. So, mm. you have to, you know, flash a ROM onto your phone. I need a Nexus 7. Yeah. Yeah. You do. I do. So, might be finding one. It's, it's a shame, though, that there isn't a new tablet. I need a, need a new tablet. So, let's talk about some other stuff. 93% of Android users are running the latest Google Play services. Um, Google was trying to make fun of Apple for making fun of Google. Didn't work. It never does. Does No. Um, uh, Apparently, they say they will be. They're still committed to shipping new versions of GPS every six weeks. Cool. That sounds good. Yeah, I mean, has to. Um, So let's see. Android Wear. This is the uh, watch initiative. So it's been officially shown. Notifications on the phone and the watch are in sync. So if you dismiss one in one place, it's dismissed in the other. Uh, you can interact with something on the watch, and it'll start working on the phone automatically. So if you tap something to open on the watch, it'll open on the phone when you take it out of your pocket. That's pretty nice. Mm. I mean, it, it seems like it makes a lot of sense. Will it work? Yeah, I think so. They showed it working. If there's any good interactions that can come out of it, that's the question. The APIs I mean, are in place. If you're going to reach for your phone, you're just going to use your phone. Like, uh, like... Uh, you can reject calls from the watch or send a pre-compose text message automatically by swiping up or silence all messages now and in the future by swiping down or if you swipe from the left to the right you can receive your call but not on the watch you still have to take out your phone yeah so, so why wouldn't you just go for your phone i, I just first? don't know i really you'd feel it vibrating in your pocket i don't understand yeah uh so uh let's see there's a bunch of ui stuff so like there's a bunch of you know, like they have support for square and circular watch faces, right? Now, what are they going to call that project? Like coming up with a new design? Like, because they like to name everything. Well, that, that, that's all a part of the material design. That, that's not. That's still part of material yeah, design. Yeah, there's nothing new there. Uh, so they have a bunch of UI things that you can read about in their consistency guide and stuff. You know, it's um, an interesting thing, too. They actually said that code can actually run directly on the watch now. And initially, when we heard about Android Wear in April, you couldn't do code on watch. 
it was all going to be pushed through, you know, the Bluetooth service or whatever from phone to watch. And it seems like that's a change they made pretty late in the game here. So we'll have to see how that impacts battery life and real world usage. All day. You know, when code runs on a device, code's running on the device. It's actually taking up CPU time. It actually has... It's pushing it through Bluetooth. Yeah, but Bluetooth makes all the computation take place on the phone instead of the watch. So... But having the Bluetooth on takes battery. It all, the Bluetooth is always on though. Yeah. So that was always a sunk cost. But if cost. you're using it more, the waves drain the battery crystals faster. Maybe. The battery acid is what you meant though. No, no, no. The, these things are totally powered by crystals. Lithium ion crystal? Is that new? Yeah. Okay. Um, so the Android Wear SDK is available today actually. Uh, and so, you know, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Android Auto again. Your favorite thing. <laughs> it is the coolest thing. So, um, the focus here is on navigation, communication, music, front and center. And killer robots. I thought, yes, and killer robots. Um, so, it's completely voice enabled. There's as little text on the screen as possible because they found when doing user tests, people ca- crashed more when they had to read things on the screen. That's what I've been telling everyone. Turns out. So, all the logic is controlled by the phone. The display in the car is just a screen. That's great. That is the right way to do it. It's just a screen. You just cast the phone to the little screen in the car. And That's we already it. know it costs $35 to put that into something. Exactly. That's like free, right? Yeah. The logic is contained in the phone. This also means that all updates in the future are all done by the phone, right? So, mm-hmm. like, we don't have to worry about, oh, you got a car from 2017? Well, you're never going to get an update. Ever. Ever. Ever, ever. Uh, you know, I've always wanted to buy a uh, Jeep Latitude Nexus Edition. You know, they're pretty popular. Com- coming in 2018. Yeah. So, but that, but there is a weird thing. So in the uh, demo they showed on stage, the guy had to kind of mush the screen to interact with it. You know, you don't control it on the phone. The phone is doing all the work, but you interact with the screen on the car itself, right? Mm-hmm. Touch interfaces aren't good when they're not good. So I don't know if you've ever used one of the new Coke machines they have in various places, but they're evil. That one of that Burger King. And this is too bad. So, like, is it slow and unresponsive and kind of sticky? This is kind of the same experience that you could see on stage. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that'll that probably be a problem that they'll never be able to fix. Uh, the first cars will be shipped later this year with Android Auto support. I don't know how that works. Like, I guess you just need a screen that can be casted to. I don't know. Um, there are over 40 partners working with Google on this. 40? 40. Now, I don't even know 40 lines of cars. There aren't. So I don't know what that means. Yeah, you know, I, I need to, I need to figure out a list of this, but no, don't worry, there aren't. Yeah, there, there, is, um, there is a link. So Android TV. Tell me about something about Android TV. Well, Android TV? Is it like Chrome sticks? No, it's not. It's like more like a Fire TV. There's a, there's a new line? Yes, it's a new line. That's amazing. I haven't heard of this. Right. So, now, Fire TV came out when? Like, a few months ago? Like, February? Yeah. Yeah. Fire TV was, um, you know, it's just a set-top box that you plug into your TV, and then you can do stuff. Yeah, and you could talk to it. That was its big feature. That is the big feature. Well, this is a little bit different. So, instead of being just a single device, it's actually an ecosystem. So, um... The SDK is the same that you'll be using to make phone and tablet apps, and then you'll be able to additionally put in UI support for your TV app. It's the same app. It's the same APK. It just can change itself somehow using the material design magic APIs or something, I guess. 
the only requirement that you have to provide as a hardware vendor is a D-pad and some type of voice control method. So that means you can either provide a standalone remote with some, you know, Bluetooth voice control thing, or you can just force people to use the phone they already have. Sounds, Which, yeah. sounds reasonable to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like Chromecast now anyway. It will actually include full Chromecast support, so it's effectively a Chromecast. It just is whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the Google Play TV store will open sometime in the fall. Now, here's the strange part. It's not actually a product. It's Uh-oh. a thing. So it can be in a set-top box, it can be in a gaming box, but it also can be directly embedded in the TV. Hmm. So, in fact, they actually have a few partners already doing it. The 2015 line of Sony, Sharp, and Philips TVs that are HD quality will actually have Android TV shipping with them by default. That is amazing. Now, it's quite fast roll-up. When you hear 2015, does that mean we have to wait until 2015, or is it like cars, like they're already Yeah, I think they're going to be out. Okay, because I guess that's okay then. Yeah. Because if I had to wait until next year to get this, I would be sad. They wouldn't have announced it now. Yeah, they would. This is Google we're talking about. No, no, yes, no, 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 no. Yes. Let's talk about Chromecast. Uh, YouTube sees more traffic from Chromecast than any other streaming peripheral. When they report it that way. Yes. You know, just, just like the one billion users, right? <laughs> so it, what I quipped about on Twitter when they said this was, yeah, that's because every other streaming device has lag and stuttering and buffering. Chromecast doesn't. It's and you immune. can't even use desktops. Right. Because yeah, it's just auto auto fail. Uh, casting is now possible even when the phone that's being cast from isn't on the same Wi-Fi network. So, sounds like a vulnerability. What is this? So, imagine I didn't know what my, uh, you know, uh, Wi-Fi password was, but mm-hmm. I wanted you to be able to show me some pictures that you took. Mm-hmm. You can actually stand in the same room as the Chromecast. It'll know somehow that you're there. And then if you can find it, you know, by, you know, just looking in the list, you can cast to it. That's it. That Bluetooth easy. or how? Over LTE. Wow, that's actually pretty cool. Now, so they said, like, well, then they, 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 I asked what if you had, uh, two Chromecasts pretty close together. Well, the answer is, there'll be a pin on screen if it detects that it needs to show it. Oh, cool. So you'll just differentiate. It's like four digits. It's five. Is that okay? Yeah, it's so fun. Okay. Well, you know, that one time we had to authenticate your smart TV thing. Oh, gosh, that was the worst. uh, 16 characters sent from your phone and, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you also will have con- more control over what is being cast. So if I'm on Wi-Fi and you're on LTE, the Wi-Fi person gets priority. That's fine. That seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a new feature called Backdrop. It lets you specify what you want to see on the Chromecast when it's not showing active content. So you know how it shows those pretty pictures right now when it's not being used? Yeah. You or will... the same mountain over and over again. Yeah. You know, they've expanded the collection a lot. They're doing a pretty good job. Well, now you can actually pick any Google Plus albums you want that you have. Oh, nice. So that's really nice. Or you can actually show the weather. Hmm. So Weather's best. I, I, I think a combination of those two is better, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'll take whatever I can get. I mean, now the Chromecast is actually being useful. Now, the best and most important thing here, of course, in the Chromecast department is the direct Android mirroring. The thing that was there at launch? No. No. Can do that? Before? No, you still can't do that. Still can't do that. You still cannot send local content to the, the Chromecast. <sighs> no, what this means is you can mirror your entire screen. That's fine. That's better. Yes. This is great. So now there's a limited number of devices like, you know, the Nexus devices. Not the 2012 Nexus 7. Haha, <laughs> not the Tigger 3. No Tigger 3. Can the 3. Nexus 4 do it? The Nexus 4 can do it. The LG 
2 or the G2, the G2 Pro, uh, M7, uh, Nexus 10, Note 3, S4, S5, and more coming soon. As soon as they can figure out how to do it with no power in the processor. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool though. We should try this. Um, well, so this, all these features will be rolling out sometime in the following few weeks. Beautiful. Yeah, so that's nice. Chromebooks really didn't get much mentioned. Um, if your phone is next to your Chromebook, it will authenticate automatically and it'll log you into the Chromebook. Wow. I should go jump somebody with a phone and a Chromebook. So I guess, like, only I only know somebody at camp. Like, I guess that's great, but what I would have preferred is the other way around. Like, I'm always going to be logged in my laptop. It should authenticate on me on the phone and then lo- unlock the phone. I don't know. Um, so notifications from the phone will be shown on the Chromebook notification sync and Chrome will, um, actually, Chromebooks will actually have a new feature and they'll be apparently, Somehow, I don't know if it's through emulation or virtualization, they'll be actually having Android apps. Okay. They cool. showed, uh, what's that Flipboard? Is that, is that, is that I don't like Flipboard. They showed Flipboard and Evernote. Yeah, nobody uses Evernote. So I thought it was funny that they showed Evernote first because when I used that Bluetooth keyboard mm-hmm. and that, that um, little uh, stick, that USB thing you gave me, that US, you know regular USB to micro USB oh, the cord, uh, I, I plugged in a Bluetooth, you know, combo set, and my mouse and keyboard support in, in Evernote is Premiere. Nice. Every other app fails. Yeah. So yeah. it was funny that they picked Evernote. So let's talk about some enterprise-y stuff. Ew, nobody likes enterprise. It's not consumer-y. We're consumer-based. That's ATN. This is a big different show. So this is whatever happens is special. Is that, that, that's right. You know, I can believe this. You, you can believe that, huh? Mm-hmm. So uh, imagine you had a work Gmail account and or a work Google Apps account and a home, you know, Gmail account. Yeah. Well, traditionally, you would have to do some weird stuff like have two phones or something. Like, it just wouldn't work out right. Yeah, and you'd never want... Um... See, a lot of people use their home stuff for their work, and then right. and then security yeah, vulnerabilities yeah. up and down. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, Google is making a new set of APIs that are going to somehow make it so that at the data layer they'll be separate, separate completely. So your home and work stuff will be separate inside the apps, even. Nice. So that that's really nice. We'll see how it works. I, I, I wonder if it'll work for, like, Exchange and stuff, not just only Google's apps in, in general. Uh, Samsung contributed the Knox frame f- framework. I don't know what Knox really is, but it provides uh, baseline security features. Cool, cool. So it's weird to see Samsung contributing back to Google. Why wouldn't they? Well, I mean... What Samsung device runs anything but Android? Like that one Tizen phone? I, I don't even call it, That's not even a thing. No, it's not. That's literally the name. Not a thing. <sighs> I hate not a thing. Yeah, I know. It's the best phone ever, though. Uh, certified for Android at work. Wow. Or Certified Android for work is a new program. Uh, a bunch of OEMs are on board. Basically, it means that those phones have security features that are, you know, in compliance with the Nox framework. Nice, nice. So cool. that's good. That means more businesses can use, uh, you know, Android and secure things in their workflows. That's important. Mm-hmm. So a nice feature is Word docs no longer need to be converted in, uh, you know, Google Drive. They can actually be edited natively in Google Docs. Mm-hmm. Cool. So Word docs, you know, used to always need that conversion. You don't need to do that anymore. You can just edit. Awesome. Are you feeling the impact yet? No. Oh, man, I no. think that's incredible. 
So they did say, though, if you wanted to work on those things collaboratively, if you wanted to work on your Word doc collaboratively, you would need to convert it. But if you don't, if you just want to edit it yourself, you don't need any conversion. It's all native now. That's amazing. Now, of course, that means there's no more 2003 support. So, ha ha. Oh, well. You know, it's only been 10 years. 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The slides for mobile is now active. You can actually get that now, or it'll be rolling out soon anyway. Uh, Drive for Work is a new thing, too. Uh, it offers encryption, better admin controls, auditing and activity APIs so that you can see when somebody makes a change or when they haven't made a change, for example, to your Google Doc. You can see when somebody makes changes to your show notes or doesn't. Just saying. And also unlimited drive storage, $10 per user per month. So for $120 a year for, for businesses, unlimited. you can get unlimited storage. Now that's dirt cheap. That's pretty great. Uh, I mean, this is so. This is the enterprise. Yes. Now, Normally, I was expecting that to be like a thousand dollar contract. Right. So this is really aggressive. And I'm sure they understand that most users never really make any content. Yeah. So that's why they can do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Android Cloud. This was the most boring part of the show. In fact, now I'm kind of a developer, and I kind of was bored here. That's a bad. That's a. It's really bad. Yeah. Because they weren't showing Android dev tools, they were showing Google Cloud dev tools. And so they showed a new debugging tool for live applications. So they had a comment thread, kind of like, uh, it was like a, a gallery app they made. And there was the comments on the picture being shown in the gallery right now. And the, um, smiley faces, the lady typed in, they weren't being parsed right. So the guy edited his live application deployed on 20 servers live. He edited it live. That's pretty cool. But it wasn't really that cool. So that was, that was fun. Uh, new monitoring tools with really nice alerting features. You can get alerts through SMS, Gmail, um, pagers, whatever you can think of. So that, that's really cool. I mean, I mean, imagine you were getting, uh, DDoSed. You could get a notification for a huge traffic spike. <laughs> you know, it happens. Not often. Uh, once a day, actually. So let's talk about some uh, Google Play things. Uh, Google Play uh, now has the Fit platform. This was a rumored thing that we talked about on at the Nexus a couple weeks ago. It collects and collates fitness data from apps and sensors, cross-platform devices too, and wearables. Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, Fifteen partners at launch, including Nike, which is interesting because if you recall, Nike shut down their fitness wearable program yeah like um everyone was so sad about that yeah because everybody loved that i don't know was it the fuel fuel, band the fuel band like this it was just a stupid led track thing but everybody loved it like it just looked so weird crap yeah so uh play games features uh some new things a new profile for something not really sure uh bookmarks in game progress so imagine you had a game you were done playing for now. You can bookmark where you were. Your progress is saved. It's really nice. That's important. And you can have bookmarks. It's kind of like snapshots in games progress. That's really nice. Um, and also a new type of achievement called a quest. Hmm. When I thought of this, I remembered back to high school when Murphy would have a not test and not quiz, but a quest. You know, when you find a new word for something, just it makes it better. That that's kind of what I thought. Uh on the monetization front on Google Play, they have direct carrier billing for tablets and phones. Mm, does that matter? Apparently they think so and they made a big deal about it, but I have no idea who would ever make want their par- carrier to even know what they're doing with a phone. Yeah. Yeah, stop listening to my music, T-Mobile. Uh and they uh said that they uh, paid 5 billion dollars to developers so far. That's 
Good, lot. I guess. I don't. I don't remember what that compares to, like in um, Apple Money. Apple Money, yeah. Uh, so finally, you know, you might have noticed up to this point that nobody got any free stuff. No, that doesn't really matter. No, no, but it does. That's why everybody goes to Google I.O. And this year, you did get some free stuff, actually. Uh, you could pick either a LG G Watch or one of the new Samsung Gear Live devices. I hope everyone picked a G Watch. I have no idea about the true specs of the Gear Live Samsung thing. It's, I don't know. Not impressed with it. They also put in this weird thing called cardboard. Cardboard. So, literally... You know, normally we give things out at Google I.O., and this year we're giving you cardboard. And it was like, what? Hmm. Everybody was so confused. People were taking pictures of the audience. Wow. You're getting cardboard. Well, cardboard is actually a DIY VR headset. It's literally a piece of cardboard with a bunch of little holes and tabs that you fold up, and you make a VR headset, and you put your phone in there, and you got a VR headset. You know, that sounds so cool. It's funny. Oh, and you will receive a Moto 360 when they're ready later this summer. Hmm. So I hope you were enjoying your Google I.O. 2014. Now, do we mention the protesters? No, we, we not officially. So let's mention the protesters. So at two points during the keynote today, there were two protesters. The first one was protesting the you know lack of homes and the, and the bus thing. Not Google's fault. It's not Google's fault, but it sort of is Silicon Valley's, you know, fault. Doesn't matter. It's... You know, people used to live in San Francisco before everybody became rich. Now only the rich live in San Francisco. I guess that's what they're talking about. Time's change. Gotta move. Kind of. And honestly, when the big tsunami comes, San Francisco will be gone because it's on the coast. All the poor people who left won't be any poorer because all the rich people will get flooded first. Yeah. So, okay. The second person is actually a little bit better, I think. The second protester was protesting the fact that Google makes human-killing robots. Wow. I mean, so I can actually see this because they're, they're doing this right now. So what kills more people every year than anything else? Humans. Driving cars. Oh. Automobile accidents are very bad. And they're dri- making those self-driving cars. Even if they're perfectly safe most of the time, there's going to be a light rail someday. But is it, who's, In Nevada. Whose fault? Yeah, sure. Whose fault is that, though? <laughs> and it's going to be part of the blue line from Minneapolis going straight to Vegas. It'll be a part of the Vegas line. But they'll call it blue. No, they'll call it the Strip. You know, I'd ride the Strip. Yeah. So um, so those are the protesters. Now let's talk about, very quickly, what we didn't see. Now you thought they were going to have a new Nexus, Nexus 10. 10. New Nexus you can't 10. buy them. There, there is no big tablet on the Play Store anymore. You have to get the little tiny one. And I checked today. There is no LG G-Pad on the store. They're out of stock also. Now, so... And that's eight months old. Now, that could mean that's either going away or they're just literally just out of stock this week. It's hard mm, to know. They're going away. And so this is a pretty bad situation. I need a tablet. Okay, fine. Um, there was no Hangouts update. That's fine. That's egregious. I needed Hangouts to not suck. It doesn't. What? I don't have a problem because I never merge. Ping two, ping three. That's just standard practice. <laughs> because of suckage. Uh. Standard suckage. Okay, so uh, there were no Google Plus mentions anywhere. Why would you want to be social? I don't know. You're trying I, to be productive. I, just, I, I don't know. But what I didn't like, though, is they didn't upgrade storage for photos. If there's no Google Plus mention, great. I don't like Google Plus that much anyway. I can live without it. I just use Twitter. But what I do need is pictures to be synced. And my 25 gigabytes of storage will be going away sometime next year, either by Google's hand or by my storage needs. And so they either need to make a huge, you know, $12 a year tier 
or they need to give more base level storage. Whatever they prefer. I would prefer to pay for a lot instead of getting a little bit for free. Mm. Cool. Um, there was no actual name of the L release of Android. Mm-hmm. It's just the L release of Android right now. It's... Android L. So what do you think about that? It doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't do anything. No, but it needs a name. Take you. Okay, so normally in the developer, in the, in the SDK, in the IDE, you will see strings that reference API level 19. 19 refers to KitKat 4.4, and 18 refers to, you know, the previous release of Jellybean in 18 and 17. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 16, I think, was Ice Cream Sandwich. Mm-hmm. So normally API levels have been denoted by numbers. Now, this year, for the first time ever, it's being denoted by a letter, L. They're so deep into this L thing, what if, when it comes out, it's not called anything? What if it's literally just referred to as L? Well, that wouldn't matter, though. Well, do you think so? Do you think normal people think about updates and OS names like that? Nobody does. Nobody does? At all? You just tap and it's done. Like, I think there are people, though, normal people, that think of OSs as things. Nobody calls it KitKat for Android, but I think of iOS, people know the difference between 6 and 7. Like, they know that difference. And... 4.4 to L is a big visual change. Like, Android itself is looking different. Well, that's why they have to have the L instead of the number. I don't know. It just seems like a weird departure from something that's like that. Fine. Um, and you know what? Also, no dates. Everything just happens in the fall. That's fine. I when mean, is it? When do you think? Fall. When? Before Christmas. Date, please. October 21st. Okay. Thank you. I'll uh, see you on October 21st. I mean, there's going to be a lot happening that day. Okay, so that that's that's all for Google I/O 2014. That's all I have. Any any closing thoughts? Well, I just want to say that. Um, Was it more than 20 minutes? No. Okay. I mean, this is everything is good. Okay, good. And um, yeah, and yes, it was as predicted. So, do you think your Nexus 4 will be able to hand this next update? With the help of my partners at AT and T, they will. <laughs> do you think that's a big plug there? For a product you don't have and probably will get ripped off on anyway? I don't care. As long as they tell me what it's going to cost up front and they don't try to screw me. I got documentation of being screwed. Look at this. I got 16 pages of, well, most of it's transcripts with me calling my boss and saying, Hey, help me. He helped me. Yeah, and you'll get the same things from AT&T. Well, I hope they can at least give me a bill they and won't. tell me what month I'm paying for. They won't. So my closing thoughts are, okay, let me ask you this. You, you saw the WWC keynote, right? Yes. You saw this keynote? Yes. Which one won? Obviously the Google one. Okay. Well, personally, a lot of people think like, okay, so this, this keynote just happened. This one won. But Google is not in a position to wow anyone right now because they didn't release anything, but then neither did Apple at WWDC. Mm -hmm. However, the things that were shown at WWDC were things that we never expected Apple to ever do. So I feel like WWDC still won. Now, the only hope I have is that Microsoft makes a fourth Microsoft event in the summer and blows everybody out of the water. But they won't. No, out of the tent. If they have an event, it's going to be Sky Tents. Yes, you're right. And it'll be like a little shanty town on their lawn, and you just walk in, and you're like, oh, I can see the sky. I get why they named it, because they can only do things in a tent. We have a new Xbox? Come into this canvas tent. We'll see about that. That's what they did. Okay. So where can we find you on the internet? Oh, you can send me a letter at 849 Tatum Street, Minnesota, 55104. I've noticed that you've been tweeting more. Uh, you know, I blame you for that. I don't know why. I only force you to tweet every so often. Yeah. 
Okay, and and of course you can find me Ryan Rampers on Discord everywhere, especially on the Twitter Ryan Amar and Matt underscore Petzl. <laughs> yes, because you have two Twitter handles now, one for each name. <laughs> Turns out, but only one phone. Uh, and of course you can find me on the Google Plus, which is being discontinued very soon. I mean, more or less. Wow, I never really thought about it that way. I mean, if they're not going to talk about it at Google I.O., they're not going to talk about Google Plus at Google I.O. It might as well be discontinued. Uh, I post show notes and actually links to Twitter from Google Plus so that people can follow me on the live stream there. So, that is all I know. That's all I know, too. Okay, have a good one. Thank you.